Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before you drift off into one of our meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to share with you one of the new opportunities for our listeners at The Mindful Movement. This is Sarah Raymond, and I'm so excited to announce the expansion of our coaching services to include two of my good friends and excellent coaches, Nikki Dyer and Laura Cannon. Both Nikki and Laura provide their own unique skill sets, allowing us to meet the needs of our growing audience. If you want to learn more, just follow the coaching link in the show notes. As always, we are grateful for your support and look forward to working with you. Hello, and welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Les Raymond, and I have Sarah Raymond here today. <laughs> so I love podcasting, and of course I love Sarah, so this is really special. I'm excited to be here with you. So Sarah and I were talking about chatting more often for the audience about the things uh, in our life and how we use kind of mindfulness-based principles to navigate them in hopes to convey you know new strategies for maybe the audience in in ways that they could implement them into their life and hopefully it helps them dance their dance yeah i feel like some of the things that we're going through in our life together and individually we've had a lot of learning lessons and we hope to share them with you so that maybe they can be of value to you i always find learning from other people's experiences are is a valuable lesson so hopefully we can share that with you. For sure. So tell me, Sarah, what's new with you? <laughs> what's new? That's a, a vague and broad question. <laughs> well, I think like a lot of people, I've had a fairly stressful last two years, stressors that I've never experienced before. And, uh, Definitely in the last month, a little bit of heightened stress and challenges. That's what's going on. Well, and lots of things to be grateful for, lots of blessings and, and trying really hard to take time to recognize those and uh, to be grateful for them. Yeah, that, that's a pretty good summary from how I've observed it all. Yeah. I too have been, uh, I guess, juggling some stressful things. And uh, it's been interesting because um, I think on some level, I am like really spoiled. Like, <laughs> you guys don't know how lucky I am. I mean, we all, we all kind of have, I don't know, a little Sarah in our pocket. Not as like possession, but like access to what I consider just a, um, a really special soul that kind of mm -hmm. permeates our household here. And, uh, you know, the, everyone else in the house gets to kind of resonate off oh, all this sweet. like energy that you bring. And 
Um, and then like I also get kind of direct access to not just you, but like this skill that you have developed and cultivated. I think you've always been like a natural when it comes to providing like a nourishing environment for the people very close to you, like in proximity in the moment. But as you've been working this like uh, hypnotherapy practice, mm -hmm. those skills have seemed to sharpen in a way that I get to reap the benefits of <laughs> in real time when life happens and I'm maybe under a load of stress where I can't check myself or recognize that like, oh, I need to stop. I need to consider what I'm experiencing here, what's really going on deep down. And like, I can't do that in the moment. And I'm lucky enough to have you because you, you know, we know each other very well. And like you recognize maybe my triggers long before I do. And but like recently I was having a day and maybe you could explain why this happens to people. But I was having a day where I was really, you know, uh, mentally not in a good place because of like life situation things. Right. And, you know, you just, like, I think I, I came into the room and you were reading and you like recognized immediately and just like closed your book and started asking me questions. And before I know it, I'm like, oh shit, I'm, at, I'm getting therapy right now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you have this art form where it's it's seamless it's like painless from going to okay you just heard someone that's troubled or even maybe just seen on my face and like you know these questions to ask to work me through uh this process where like the framework in which that experience is like being manifested in me is just transformed in a very short period of time, like minutes. And, um, you know, I've leaned on that many times over the years. Like you've, what I've considered kind of walked me off the cliff of the edge of the cliff a lot of times. And, uh, I would like to just take a moment and acknowledge like how lucky I am that I, you know, I, that you, that not only do I have access to that, but your willingness to use that tool set, um, you know, with the people in your life, which I happen to be. Well, I'm happy to do so. And I just want to make sure that it's clear that I would always ask your permission and make sure that you're on board. I'm not just like secretively working through hypnosis with you. So you say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely asked permission, like, do you want to go through this process? Oh, I don't know if I uh, remember all that. Oh, okay. I remember. Did I Anyhow, sign a waiver? There... You didn't no. sign any waiver other than our marriage certificate. <laughs> I think that counts. Uh, but in a, in a session, when I'm working with someone, they would come to me with a specific issue or problem or something that they want to work on. And that is the entrance into the session. But the, the beauty of what we went through, what you went through with my guidance the other night was you were like in it. 
right? You were feeling all the emotions and you were, you were triggered for lack of a better word, right? And that is a, a like big opening into healing. It's like an opportunity. And to be able to say, I'm feeling this way, which maybe you could share a little bit about. Are you open to sharing how um, you're feeling? Well, you know, on our, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but I probably referenced that like I have, I think some deep embedded emotional stuff that stems from like parents splitting up. So this was yes. related to the relationship with my father, which is um, in a, a very odd place now. And it was like the simple thing of getting a text. Mm. And it was like uh, not a... Mormon fuzzy text. It's, yeah, it was, um, it was not even like that meaningful of a text. It was just the act of rekindling like just thinking about a person that you do have like a history with right. and just in an instant, like your nervous system's in a different place, right. your, your blood's rushing. It's, you so have like what was happening that, going on, in, working against you. In my interpretation would be like, you are not your adult self responding to that text message. You are reacting as if you're, still at that age of whatever the trauma was. So, for example, I know that your parents separated when you were four. And so it could have been your four-year-old self reacting to that text. And I don't know if this is exactly what happened, but that four-year-old you was stuck in a traumatic event. And when you get the text, it's as if you go back in time and you are that four-year-old boy and you don't have the logic and the knowledge and the, you know, wherewithal to respond as your adult self. But, I mean, I guess I feel like I've done a lot in the last several years working through those issues to the point where, I mean, I, I guess maybe the process is not so black and white or clean like it's um it, there's a gradient and maybe when you initially do work and I'm just making this up here but like maybe when you start to initially do work on a past trauma um maybe for some people it's like a one and done and maybe there's like a total pile of stuff that's been built on top of that initial trauma so like when you initially do work maybe you you clean up two-thirds of it and then like a year later you you dig a few, uh, dig a little bit more out of the pile and you know, you're 80% through and then like, you just got to chip away a little bit here and there as things arise. Yeah. I would say that there's definitely a, a path. It's not always linear, meaning y you might do a little bit of work and have a little deeper understanding of your trauma and of how you're reacting and that might improve some situations, but you might feel like you're regressing at times and things get harder before they get better. Uh, and I would say that I, I don't really think there's a 100% end right. of the practice, right? I like, I use the reference of gardening a lot because, you know, I'm out in the garden and my mind is 
is comparing. It's thinking of like, oh, this is sort of like what I do in my work with helping my inner child. And uh, so what I mean by that is there's always like weeding to be done, right? There will always be things that we want to take out of our mind space and have new things. Like we plant vegetable plants in our garden, but that doesn't mean that we're only gonna have those vegetable plants growing. We might still have some of those other plants that we don't want. So we have to be nurturing the garden always. Mm. And that's sort of like the practice of, of healing. Right. So we're all screwed because we have to do this forever. I don't think it. It's we're all screwed. We're no. all we're all blessed with this opportunity to learn and grow and to. Right. These are all opportunities. See what I mean? <laughs> Sarah has this natural positive energy. I'm looking for ways to just bring it down, and you, you lift it up very easily. <laughs> well, I do think that when you have. A realization like you had the other day about like this is me responding to the text as that I'm just gonna keep saying four-year-old I don't know if that's exactly right but as your younger self when you have that realization you're more likely to be able to realize the same thing is happening in other situations so you have an awareness that's developed but that doesn't mean it's not gonna keep happening Right. You have, but now you have some, the, the awareness is the first step. And then we can build some tools on top of the awareness to help you get through that. And an example of that might be same scenario. You receive this text from your father. You're immediately taken back in time to your, to your younger self and you start to react. You might even want to send a reactive text, but you, you recognize, you say, okay, that's my inner child being triggered from past emotional trauma. And in that moment, you can say, okay, I know you're scared talking to your, to your younger self, to your inner child. I know you're scared with, with all reason to be scared or to be upset, right? Like that time in your life was very challenging. It was hard to have your father leave your your home and wonder if it's your fault. That's like you validating the fears or the emotions of your younger self. And then the next step is like, I got this. You can trust me. I'll take care of you. I'll love you unconditionally. I'll make sure all of your needs are met. If you can kind of dial back those big emotions so that I can help the situation I can manage or deal with the situation in a calm and compassionate way. So it's like you're telling your younger self, I've got your back. Gotcha. I'm right? here for you. I'm here for you. I meet your needs. You're not denying his emotions, right? Because that would make it probably worse. Like, don't feel like that. Right. <laughs> right. But there's a, like, you, there's an implication that. You have to be seen first, like mm -hmm. before you could be, um, I'm here for you. I got your back. It's like, oh, I see you. Yeah. And, uh, that is probably hard to create intrinsically. Like 
from yourself deciding to look back and see yourself when you're when you're in it right well that's that's the invitation is when you're in it yeah that's the invitation like hmm what's this what's this about i wonder what like i, I you know the other day when this happened you know it was something as simple as a, a text uh, somewhat meaningless text in a way but um like i wonder how many things what the potential is like what forms do these reminders come in that we don't recognize whether it's like um a scent of a meal that's you right. know reminds you of a childhood or um or like uh maybe a meal that you don't like because your stepmom used to force you to eat it and you never liked it or whatever. Like how many things kind of go under the radar that are affecting us that we're, we're unaware and that, you know, you'd have to get, not just do work, but maybe get lucky to be able to recognize. Well, think about all the different ways that we take in input. We have our, our senses, right? That's the external interpretation of our experience. We have an internal interpretation of our experience. Like if you've ever, uh, in meditation, for example, that's a good time for introspection is you, you feel the energy, like let's say you're listening to a guided meditation and the guide is suggesting to pay attention to your hands. Like those are ones that I always feel like a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of energy, feelings, sensations. And it's as if you're, recognizing your hands from within yourself, right? Maybe it feels like buzzing or tingling, but that's that's a form of perception, right? Right, And you could feel it in your heart or in your gut or lots of different ways to recognize. Um, and then we also have like our proprioception, right? Where our body is in space and we might use that a lot in our like mindful based movement practices, yoga, Pilates, Qigong, you know, all of those movement practices are using extraception. I don't know if that's exactly how you say that word, but like perceiving from external, perceiving from internal, and then the sense of like where our body is in space. So any of those three different avenues could be openings into the awareness of your experience. Right? Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, it was a little hard for me to follow, but I'm sure it makes sense. <laughs> um, well, you were asking about how many different ways uh, so we can gotcha. be aware of how our past is right. And since our sensory organs present. are kind of an infinite spectrum of what they could bring in. Right. So... If you've ever been in like a yoga class and someone starts crying, that's movement of energy that might have been stuck and just had the opportunity to be released through the movement. I mean, I know I've experienced before and it's like, what is happening here? But instead of like pushing it down and saying, oh, it's not, it's not right to be crying in a yoga class, which is what I think most people would probably do. Like, why am I crying right now? But that's the invitation to say something is needing my attention. It's like a, like an emergency signal going off in a way. 
Mm. And to be able to have the willingness to stop and look and listen to those signals, to those messages that your body is giving you is an opportunity. Does that make more sense now? Yeah, and then, you know, in movement, I mean, I have a, you know, as you know, a passionate movement practice where I spend a lot of time moving passionate. my body. We might also call it a little obsessive, obsessive or a, an addiction, but. Yeah. But I, you know, and maybe it's like a tool sometimes I use to channel that excess energy that would otherwise rattle around in my mind yeah. through like physical exertion so that. Um, it's like I have somewhere to put it. Maybe that's a different method. Maybe that's the same as like crying. Like, um, you know, I'm working through some things and maybe you can purge them out. And maybe you could process them internally. Um, maybe you could just fart and they'll come out. Maybe <laughs> if you fart during yoga, it's like instead of the pressure going out your eyes and crying, it's like a, a pressure maybe. valve that releases. Maybe. I mean... <laughs> We always say better out than in, right? Than in, right? And that applies to so many things. All right, we're getting on a on a, a tangent here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's been many a times where I've been in a movement session, and um, you know, the moving of the body is in some way um, like an answer to the invitation. Yeah. Like you start to move, you start to feel, and then you you direct that energy into something and it and it's useful and it's very rare that like i'll have a session where i'm exerting myself physically and you just don't come out the other end feeling better from doing it yeah i mean exercise yeah we're very passionate about it. well i think that our culture is mm, not designed, but we, we have a collective tendency to really live inside of our heads and not inside of our bodies because everything is very intellectual and it's driven uh, by progress and success and accomplishments. And when you can move in a mindful, intentional way, it's allowing you to get out of your head and more in tune with and in touch with your body. So like all of our, all of the practices that we have on our channel are, are mindful movement. That's the, yeah. the essence of, of our. Yeah. I would pick a bone with that one though. Like you, when you mentioned, <laughs> I think you'll, uh, I think you'll agree, but <laughs> like you mentioned a list of modalities as of like, these are the mindful mm. movements, but um, I think when the intention is there and there is a sense of, um, like connection with what you're doing with your body, I think it could be any form. I definitely agree of with you. Movement or exercise, or you could be, uh, you know, mowing the lawn <laughs> and it, you could, it can be a mindful movement practice. Yes. yes. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. I mean, I find over the last few years, my where like I've been doing a lot of strength training where it's pretty much by myself and it is really developed into uh, a meditative practice. Yeah. You want to talk about your pre deadlift routine? No. <laughs> <laughs> I only say that out of love because it's really cute to watch you do your 
pre-dinner. Oh, you mean before a heavy set. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I may or may not. It's it's been said that I, I may dance a little prior to heavy sets of deadlifting. You definitely do. I need to get it on, on uh, recording. I don't think that's necessary. <laughs> uh, I just, I don't think that's required. No, I'm just teasing yeah. you. Um, yeah, and it's it's interesting to, uh, you know, it's one of those things, I forget who I heard uh, mention this. Um, it might have been Sam Harris talking about, uh, he's the guy that runs the, the Waking Up app, um, or Making Sense now it's called, I think. Or maybe, I don't know. Maybe the podcast just changed the name, but um, he's excellent to listen to when he talks about uh, the concepts around meditation. Um, and I think he describes in a way like, you know, it's once you have meditated and you've experienced that and practiced it, mm-hmm. you can kind of apply it to anything. Yeah. Um, but before you've taken the time to like, I don't know, cultivate whatever happens when you sit still and watch your breath or whatever. Mm. You know, you don't have like a reference point. So like you might go to the gym or walk the dog or mow the lawn or whatever. And then the way you do that shifts as you start practicing Mm. the stillness and the self-observation. I wonder if you have a thought on it going the other direction, meaning... A lot of people will say, oh, well, I can't meditate. I can't sit still that long. I I just, I need to be moving and doing and and all of that jazz. And I wonder if you can cultivate a mindfulness practice or build or develop a mindfulness practice in movement. And it might not necessarily be just like your everyday, day-to-day things, but being intentional about going for a walk and like noticing your breath as you're moving slowly, noticing the foot strike as you, you know, move, put one foot in front of the other, noticing the sounds around you. And that might be a way into a more formal, like seated meditation practice. Maybe I'm sure there's been someone out there that's done it that way. Yeah, Because some days, I go to sit down in my meditation practice and it's like, well, this isn't happening today. <laughs> you know, I, I start with my breath. I maybe go into a body scan. I, But then it's like the energy of my mind is so busy that even my meditation practice feels like it's jumping from one thing to, to the right. other. And it's just... Well, I think traditionally, like that's why yogis do it the way they do. Like you move the body first. Right. So that you're ready to sit and be still. And then you watch the breath or you practice the breath. And then meditation arises out of that process. Um, There's a reason for that. Like, I know my current routine, and I've been riding this for a while, is, um, you know, I'm, I'm not even trying to, like, meditate in the morning before my workout. Like, we have a relaxing morning. Um... Together, we have a tradition now where we basically drink our coffee in bed together. We have the amp coil going. If um, if you guys want to learn what that amp coil is, there is a podcast on that. Maybe oh, yeah. we could link to the show notes. I interviewed uh, Freddie Kimmel to talk about that technology. It's one. Of, it's like the one technology biohacking thing mm-hmm. that we have that 
the family relies on. It is a really nice morning routine. It's a great morning routine. But then like I, within not so long, I usually start an exercise routine. And then after that is when I'll get my stillness, usually in the sauna. And, um, you know, I've got all the, the energy out. Like I've, I'm already kind of wore myself, wore <laughs> myself out enough where it's, it's just more easy to sit still without the busy mind. And then usually at night I'll have another session of some sort where I'll at least like get on the floor, roll around, stretch, or a more formal uh, asana practice, um, oftentimes right here in this space, <laughs> and then I'll wind down with like a, a bath or chanting or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like if I tried to do the stillness part before the physical effort, it would be uh, less likely to be successful use, productive use of time, I think. Yeah. Well, on that note, maybe we could share that we are planning on doing some of these mindful movement types of practices live on the channel once a month. So we'll share the, uh, the job and start with some movement-based practices, maybe go into some breath work and meditation, all live for our wonderful community. Live sounds fun. Yeah. So uh, maybe I'll touch on that a little bit, just to clarify some ideas around maybe the differences of how Oh yeah, that's a good idea. you and I will probably do that. So I like to do a lot of different modalities when I'm exercising, but really the I stay as general as possible usually or the majority of the time so within like exercise modalities you know and there's a lot of overlap here of course but you can kind of compartmentalize where there's like a specific modality like right. pilates would be called maybe a specific modality maybe yoga um it could be ball, i mean ballroom dancing or like whatever <laughs> the physical activity is right um and you can practice those where the focus of the session is really that modality and the concepts that those those modalities you know are value i guess right and what i like to do just because it's um the thing i've learned in my like movement profession that's resonated the most with me is the value of being general meaning like the human, think of it more as the human modality. So like there's certain <laughs> things that are shared amongst the species for a reason that um, kind of underlie everything they do. And a lot of that could be learned about when you study the first year of a human, because that's where we, we go through this process where we all, we go through this developmental sequence where we all kind of learn how to move. Right. That's uh, why you're watching my, our, uh, nine-month-old nephew so closely yeah i, I am uh, <laughs> i'm a little obsessed about watching how very small children move because I, I feel like they're our greatest teachers and if yeah. there was a fountain of youth it's to look at what one-year-olds and two-year-olds do and and mimic do some of that yeah you know and find a way to appropriately drip that into your lifestyle and even though that might feel ridiculous at at first as an adult because uh, we're so far removed from some of those activities, but the value of getting on the floor and rolling around like a baby is, um, I mean, it's hard for me. It just can't be overstated. Like it's, um, 
it, it's really like the core of my movement practice. Yeah. Doing baby-like things. <laughs> and then I like to drip on top of that the yoga, the strength training, the power development, some skateboarding, some silly play and dance <laughs> or whatever. But working on that general stuff, the foundation, giving me some foundational like competency of how I can navigate my body in space allows me to enjoy the other things um, and be able to like succeed at them more with a, a lower risk of getting hurt along the way. Uh, somebody that just generally moves really well, you could kind of teach them anything. I mean, you're going to have limits in any um, direction there. Like, doesn't mean you could teach someone that's five foot five to play in the NBA just because they move well. <laughs> there will be limitations, but if you move well, you're going to be able to uh, excel more at kind of any specific modality. Right. We've seen a little bit of that kind of an action with our son and he loves to skateboard and oh, yeah. you've been teaching him a lot of these general you know developmental patterns and movement to help support and build like just a foundation so that when he goes into his skill his sport then he's more proficient efficient less likely to be injured yeah and it's been nice to watch him like his body's really there for him um, even when he like bangs himself up, he's extremely resilient and bounces back pretty yeah. quickly. And um, you know, there's it seems like there's nothing he, he he's limited to on the skate park now because he doesn't have the general ability. It's just that like he hasn't done that skill mm. enough yet because skateboarding is one of the things that the the learning curve is just. It's just a very slow process. Like, yeah, like how many kickflips? Oh my gosh! Practice like before the you... commitment you need. It's like it's a sport of failure. <laughs> it's just like relentless failure. We're, right. We've seen our son, you know, attempt a trick hundreds of times, and then he lands it, and then yeah. he still might land it. You know, but once the, every twenty. The look times on his that. face when he lands it it's is priceless. It is priceless. It's priceless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that gives you guys a little context, um, you know, when we do videos that there'll be like a, a difference and that's kind of some context around those differences. Sarah's are, are more likely to be uh, more specific to a modality and I am intentionally trying to avoid specificity and be general. Yeah, well, you know, they'll have opportunity to try both of our practices, so monthly, live, and then we do have a weekly live in our membership. So you can try it for, for free on the channel. And if you like it and you want more, then the membership is a great opportunity for that as well. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that's like on the horizon or offerings that we want to talk about? Mm, no, I mean, we just have our... our regular offerings so one-on-one -on -one sessions we have courses that are great for specific topics like anxiety or confidence and new new ones will be coming up we're shooting for six a year so every other month or so we'll have a new a new workshop with a specific topic so you can always do that and work through a hypnotherapy process on your own have tools to support you on an ongoing basis 
Uh, and those are all individual courses or they're sold as sort of a bundle in the annual membership with com which comes with all of the weekly live classes as well. Yeah, so I guess if you guys have questions about that, just shoot us an email. Yeah, or we'll put all the links in the description of the, um, the video and the podcast, and you can always leave comments as well. And on, uh, as far as that one-on-one -on -one offerings, I've been training one-on-one -on -one in person for quite some time, and I'm working my way out of that, out of our brick-and-mortar location. So very soon we'll be uh, putting those offerings through the Mindful Movement. Yeah. So if you are interested in um, working one-on-one -on -one with me, that there'll be more details of what that would look like and see if it's like a good fit for you. And there's a, a big movement component of, the, yeah. of that process. But um, so we'll, when that's ready, then we'll send that out to you and you guys could see yeah. what that offering is. Yeah. Uh, but it should be soon. And then, um, yeah, and the only know. other thing I would say is, you know, we talked a lot about mindfulness based practices and living in a way that is in a heightened state of awareness. And that's not maybe the right word, but like being aware of what you're experiencing. Uh, and if that is of interest to you and resonates with you, we do have a uh, free seven-day course that teaches the foundations of mindfulness and meditation. So that's a great, a great way to get to know us. So I'll put that in the show notes as well. Great. And what else are you going to do today? Uh, I'm going to go eat some breakfast. All right. <laughs> After this, I haven't eaten today. <laughs> How about you? Um, I'll probably be the one making you breakfast. <laughs> Yes, you you had your moment in the beginning of this conversation to share your gratitude uh, for spending time with me, and I will reciprocate and share all my gratitude for all the amazing meals that you cook me and our family, and I couldn't be more grateful for that, to be well-fed and nourished, so thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> it's, it's my honor to feed you along <laughs> the way. I, I do take a lot of joy in... Yeah. feeding the people mm -hmm. that are, I love. Yeah, well, we all appreciate it. So, yeah, you're spoiled. Yeah, we are. We are. All right, folks out there, thanks for listening <laughs> to our chat today. And um, as always, we're grateful for you you guys out there and yeah. all the support we can't get along wait, the way. Can't wait to do this again. All right, we'll do it again soon. All right, have a good day, everybody. <laughs>